Hey, it's part two. What are you doing here? You should be on part one of the One Piece shill before you listen to this one. But if you don't care, neither do we. Enjoy the show. Volume 39, page 147. Question. Oda, good day. Poop. (laughs) I had a question for you. It's about the fourth panel on page 180 of volume 34. Isn't that a burglar right there in the money exchange plain as day? What is he up to? Poop. (laughs) Signed, G. Answer. Poop, poop. Man, you're gross. If you like poop so much, you should become poop when you grow up. Now there's an ambition. Now then. Sometimes people will tell you not to judge people by appearances and things to that effect. But yeah, that's a burglar no matter how you look at him. Of course, I think he's someone who was trying for Luffy and company's money. But he ran out of luck when he decided to go after poorful, not poop, pirates. Apparently, he overheard that they had bounties on their heads. And then he couldn't do anything. This man is a god. <laughs> Absolute fucking legend. H and Oda. Uh, yeah. That is my favorite. My favorite of the material that, that was provided to me. That is my favorite question and answer um, from what I have been looking through over the past several days. Uh, that is just charming, hilarious, and touches me on very many levels. Yeah, the SBS is required reading. Uh, that man, uh, that he, he has a long, dark look into his own soul, and it's hysterical every single time. So, Yes, I love that his fan base has the confidence in which to just say poop, because who does not love saying poop? Yeah, uh, I mean, bear in mind, too, it's probably like little kids reading it, so I also love the fact that he just like, he gets that that question like poop just starts with poop and he's just like yeah sure whatever yeah you <laughs> that's know what right I mean? let's go with it sure that's right speaking of go with it welcome back to king of the show we're on the the return of one piece the return and the finale and the finale of the anime arc yes what an arc very it's been. epic finale oh what an what an arc it's been indeed let me tell you it's been thrills spills bleeps creeps Chills. what else yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's been uh it's been great and i'm really excited to wrap it up here on one piece because this was definitely the appropriate epilogue and um i have a lot of things to say about it so i'm glad uh yeah i hope they're good or i hope that you're at least comfortable with me never shutting up about it because now that you've seen it i you have no defense i can't just be like oh well I, I should talk to Chris about this one piece thing that just happened. Oh, I've never shown it to him. He's just going to be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Right now you've seen yeah. it. So you, you have no escape. <laughs> I, I apologize. Now I've been exposed. It's like yes. the first time you see your parents naked when you're a kid, you can't unring that, that bell yeah. of your dad's penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no unringing that bell end. There's it- no unringing that. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> 
I'm I bet you. Good. I bet you didn't. I, I, bet, I bet you never guessed you were going to be in for some daddy's dick jokes on no, One Piece I, Part Two, I, did you? I was not. But on the topic of exposed bell ends and daddy dick jokes, <laughs> One Piece. One Piece. Tru- One Piece. Truly a fucking landmark in. The world of comic book fiction, period, not even just manga. Um, We talked about it a little bit last time, but Jesus Christ, there's just a lot of material with this stuff. Right. And it's enduring popularity is frightening. He's an absolute animal when it comes to content production. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And the fact, too, that it like stays good. We'll we'll talk yeah. after after we said our piece about what we've read and I hear your thoughts. I'll be able to explain a bit, but the it's it's still good. Twenty plus current, years, right? it's still good. I'm I'm up to date. I am on the, the I have read the most recent chapter. So so what's crazy is like um, when I browse Reddit, uh, I always see the One Piece subreddits end up on the front page whenever yeah. there's a new chapter, and mm-hmm. then I always see. The thread for predictions for the next chapter and then the thread for when the chapter comes out. Right. Yeah. And I've always stayed away from like any posts or discussions talking about it just because like I'm weird sometimes and that even if there's never a fathomable chance that I'll check something out, I'm still like I want to remain pure. You know what I mean? Unless it's something that I know for a fact that I don't give a shit about being spoiled on. I try to remain pure. So I've always I've always just avoided those one piece threads. I applaud you for that. I'm the opposite. I am a total weirdo where if I think I'm going to start something, for example, one piece, when I decided I was going to start reading it, I looked up like modern stuff because I was like, yeah. I don't want to read a thousand chapters and then it just be shit. Right. Right. So I actively spoiled myself. I'm like, am I going to, to me, I don't think that like I need to go in pure to really appreciate something. And I'm like more of a risk avoidance person of like, I would rather just not even read it and like get the spoiler and be like, Oh, that doesn't sound worth it. Right. If, if, Best girl doesn't win in the end. Why even <laughs> read the manga? You know what I mean? I realize yeah, that makes yeah. me a total weirdo and uh, probably psychotic. But yes, I spoil myself on everything first to see if it's worth it. No, that's OK. I, I know a lot of people. I, I mean, my wife reads the end of a book before she decides whether or not mm-hmm. like she'll read like the, the the entire last chapter. Yeah. And then she'll be like, oh, OK, yeah, this sounds like it's going to be interesting yeah. <laughs> sometimes. And just to get a sense of like what the ending is going to be like. But, you know, for me, like I always just avoided it. And um, I was always really curious about it. Yeah. And the o- <laughs> the only thing that I see a lot of people say about it. Um, is that it's just like once you're in, you're kind of in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It has that effect on people. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. So what you've just said is kind of the the thing, right? Like I, I think I said it on the last podcast, but I've definitely said it to you before where like one piece fans are like, I don't know what you want to call them. That's equivalent. It's like Rick and Morty fans, I guess, where it's like, have you read one piece? Have you read one piece? Well, in one piece, it works like this. Well, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they never shut up. And yeah. it's one of those things that like when you don't know, 
they seem like the most annoying people on earth. And at least in my case, you read it and you're like, oh, that's why they never shut up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I too yeah, want right. to never shut up about this thing that I've read. So, yeah, yeah. right. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess to crack into it, I think that uh, I, I, I think that we should probably get started with a little bit of uh, lead up to this. And like, yeah, why do we think? Why do we think that uh, this was the the appropriate next step for the epilogue? And I know we covered this a, a little bit lengthier on part one, but just to recap here, we started with Yakuza. We started with something that was a little bit anime adjacent, right? Right. Things that mm-hmm. things that had some some bullet points about what the real thesis of of what you were presenting anime to me as would have. Moving on to Perfect Blue, which gave us like a, a a bit of a like an like a thriller kind of different take on what you would typically classify in your head canon as anime, right? Yeah, um, something that was a little bit more um, in the vein of unassailable your modern, good. yeah, unassailable. I was going to say like your modern fart- western thriller. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, right artsy right, right, fartsiness. Right. right, just this is a good movie it doesn't matter if it's hand drawn or not so yeah right exactly and then of course into what is the main event as neon genesis evangelion yep and now on to one piece i, I think that go ahead. go ahead no i was just gonna say i i planned this out up until this point where i had kind of the late turn i wasn't sure what the epilogue was going to be i had a couple candidates in mind so i'm yeah. interested to see how you thought it fell into the arc. So go ahead with what you were saying there. Yeah. So I think, um, I think what, I think what was kind of, uh, interesting about stepping into this is that it's almost like a, it almost felt like a deconstruction, right? Yeah. Like just because of the physical media, right? Like we were going from what felt like a build kind of, right? Yeah. Like this, um, this thing of uh, like Yakuza isn't really an anime, yeah. Um, but um, it you know it it has like like we said it has a lot of the the sort of uh, higher minded concepts about it, and so it that was like a really soft entry, and then that scales into Perfect Blue, which is like okay now we're kind of into it, mm-hmm. and then going into Eva, it's just like this this is it yeah (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it doesn't really get bigger in scope from there in my opinion and and i say this even is like i'm familiar with some of the ghibli stuff right yeah like i've seen some of that stuff um and i know that like a lot of that scope like especially uh especially stuff like spirited away the scope of spirited away is crazy yeah right Mm -hmm. like it's just it's it's insane and um and so I don't want to say that I was not prepared for what Eva was going to be. Um, but going from Eva to one piece because of like that abject high, not having the sound effects, not having the music, not having the, the theming of everything around it that really got me into all of the other stuff kind of felt like a deconstruction in a way i and it kind of no go ahead Keep well, i was going. just gonna finish my thought and say it kind of it kind of made me pay attention to a lot more of what was being presented uh story-wise 
and overall concept wise, because I didn't have all this stuff that I was trying to take in, like the music and the theming and trying to look at like all of these metaphorical representations of what the, the total package was. And it was just pen to paper stories, characters, concepts. Yes. So that's it kind of exactly what I was going for. So the, the types of things I was thinking of things like Jojo's bizarre adventure, one piece, uh, basically just really popular shonen or seinen manga. Like, I, I think I said last time I was considering Berserk, but that seemed kind of unfair because Berserk is like one of those Ava-esque like works of art, right? Like pillars that are, you know, like they're unassailable in a certain right. way, right? Right. And I settled on One Piece and I, I knew it was going to be the manga. I knew that I was going to end this on a manga to get kind of the round trip of, hey, Yakuza is, in my mind, I was thinking of it as the lightning rod, right mm, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. when lightning strikes right it it's going to hit this rod there is anime in here and we're going to be able to call back to it right like it's it's right. that baseline um we talked about this on the podcast before like i don't watch that anime shit like well actually it turns out you do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah it's it's that so um moving on then to the the movie was just like hey it can be artsy too it's not all the weird shit you see reposted on Reddit, whatever, and YouTube, right? Uh, Ava was, hey, this is a really great, really tight anime show. Stripping that away, right? Ava is not based on a manga. That's It's a little bit of a different case, but most right. anime that is being produced is based on written media. It's based on manga. It's based on what are called light novels. It's just basically like really short novels with some illustrations in them. Right. But it's based on written media. And a lot of the time, the written media is what is the most popular stuff. So stripping that away, especially with one piece, I wanted to talk about one piece just because I love it. But also I don't think the anime is the best part of one piece stripping away all the things you talked about, right? The, the music, all the, all the, all the trappings, just the art and the story, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This is what a lot of people are consuming. So I definitely planned it that way. I don't know if I think of it as a deconstruction, but like almost like a return to roots, right? Yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. Do, will you not only like this kind of, I mean, in terms of pure popularity, one piece is probably the most basic bitch shit of all time, right? It's, <laughs> it's the most popular yeah anime things it's it's accessible the anime yeah exactly but will you like that on its own and especially will you like it picking up the the quote unquote we're not doing this but picking up the magazine every week from the corner store you know what i mean yeah when it's not right like this hyper lauded blu-ray box set you know what i mean right so right right yeah yeah that's uh that's that was a lot of the fun in in getting to it when we got to it was that I, I didn't feel like I needed anything explained to me conceptually. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was just ready to go. Like I read it was ready to read it. Right. Like I, when you told me that we were doing one piece, I was just like sick. You yeah. know what I mean? Like right. it, it makes sense. Right. Like, um, cause what, cause when we, when we were talking about this concept, uh, offline, um, several times you, you had mentioned, I remember you mentioning like that you were considering Jojo as part of this and you described this scene to me. 
Yeah. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was the scene that you were that you had had in mind. And, and it, the thesis around it was like, I cannot show you this just by itself. Right. Yeah. And I know that One Piece isn't that type of stylistic anime or concept, but I didn't feel like I needed any of that coming mm-hmm. into One Piece. You know what I mean? And especially because like it's coming into the manga, right? Like we're, you know, I, I, my, my Western conditioned brain still thinks that black and white comics are kind of weird looking, right? Yeah. Because I'm just historically used to Jim Lee and you know, you know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I completely understand that. And that's, that's like almost like a subtitle level hurdle. I think for people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even common in East Asia, something I know nothing about, but like China and Korea obviously have their own comic book cultures, right? That are not manga. One is called right. Manhwa, that I think it's Manhwa is Korean. I've read one entire Manhwa in my life. A lot of those, because they're primarily consumed on phones, are co- color phone scrolling, right? Oh, so they're okay. they're they're full color and they're all like if you imagine a vertically laid out comic book because you're scrolling it on your phone right that they're yeah. a lot of very popular manhwa are uh webtoons for phones basically right their yeah. culture is completely different so the black and white is a big hurdle but what i like about the black and white in the manga and i'm gonna i'm gonna tie this into that that uh that jojo scene i'll i'll uh let everybody know and i'll refresh the memory is <laughs> yeah um it's the, uh. with a good artist with miura like the berserk photo that I, I sent you before of uh the skeleton knight right mm-hmm. because they don't have to pay as much attention to color grading and all the other different components it's just a black and white profile with the shading right truly truly exceptional artists can create these incredible um not landscapes is not the word my art vocabulary is terrible but they can create these incredible frames with this um this the the shading and the depth that they put into things like faces right yeah nico robin's face in the ultimate moment of the arc we looked at is like a an example but that's not even really pushing the envelope there's a horror manga called blood on the tracks that's like it's it's super famous for this where uh there's a character in there as a mother that's like really mentally uh screwed up and she has all these horror frames where you can see just parts of her face as the white and the completely black frame right and it's, it's like showing this kind of instability so the scene I was talking about in Jojo to you, uh, if anybody who reads it, this is part five. Uh, the final battle against King Crimson. Uh, Packet lost the stand, right? There, are the, There's this series of amazing frames where the main character of that arc, Jorno, his stand evolves and the art there is fabulous. And get the story of how they get to that point and how the fight resolves I think it's this great encapsulation of not only like Jojo and how absolutely fucking weird that series is, but just the weirdness and the beauty of anime in general. Like I'm going to send you a picture of Jorno as I'm talking here, but this is a man, a Rocky, uh, who 
has done real life collaborations with Gucci. Right. Okay. Like he he is a he is. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. He is a literal fashion icon. Right. Like the the entire series is known for its just excessive drip yeah really excessive drip excessive fashion is actually the word i was going to say it's excessive fashion statements and the the attention to detail he has with um character profile right right like a lot of his poses i think this one in particular this giorno pose is actually a pose from a gucci magazine that he adapted Uh, so okay anyway uh so i was thinking of looking at that and i i kind of thought about what I wanted to talk about. So what we read just as a recap, we read Mm -hmm. a hyper abridged version of the water seven arc and the Ennies lobby arc, which is brace yourselves. It is volumes of the manga 32 to 44 chapters of the manga 303 to 430 episodes of the anime with some filler in between 207 to 312 so there's a lot of material we cover and we kind of zoomed past it but good it it always blows my mind how many episodes it takes to to like show an entire arc because i and i know that you're Mm kind of getting into the way that we read it right but i went back and and reread a lot of this after we after we did our first pass on it and it it does not feel like it takes that long to get through it (laughs) yeah that's part of the reason too that i like manga so much is that there's less dead air right Mm, you're gonna consume the manga and get to the the high points of the story way faster um there are literally 1000 episodes of one piece at this point consider that 500 hours of television jesus yeah that's crazy right that's yeah that i i could not in good conscience having even if i said skip the filler arcs right i could not in good conscience tell someone go watch one piece go commit it's too much bare minimum 300 hours of your life to it right that's absurd that's yeah yeah i mean and I say this is somebody that has thousands of hours into certain video games. <laughs> yeah. But that is a lot of television to watch. It's certainly not as easy as saying like, what do you mean you've never seen Breaking Bad? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, some people look at things like that, like seven seasons of a, of a American TV show and think that's too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, but, right, 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 right. Anyway, we did to yeah. suffice to say we did this hyper abridged version where I showed Chris kind of the most important parts and we stopped to pay attention to specific panels, particularly a lot of fight scenes and a lot of like faces, like reactions, right? Because that's something yeah. that Oda's really good at, whether they be comedic or dramatic. And we did some character stuff, but that's what I wanted to show you. I wanted to wrap this up in a little bow and we're going to start to talk about one piece. Now I'm finally able to do it. I can talk to someone else in my life about one piece. I'm like (laughs) shaking with excitement. Right. But, uh, I wanted to show you this other side, right? Cause this is the introduction to anime in eight weeks or whatever. Hey, let's talk about berserk. Right. And we can call back to this. So I wanted to get you the manga. And I also just wanted to talk about something that, isn't necessarily again i understand it's the most uh, successful monetarily and sales wise anime thing of all time but it's not like 
critically acclaimed. It's not yeah. a movie film. It's not Ghibli. It's not uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? It's this, this thing that a lot of people really like. It's short, sweet, and to the point. And, well, not short, but you know what I mean. It's not like high concept. It's not really pushing the old noggin. It's just yeah, a bunch of friends on a journey and they have cool powers. That's it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's immediately one of the things conceptually that I really like about it is that, um, as a comic book fan, my entire life as somebody that read comics and has read comics for as long as I can remember, um, the, the, the arc ends and the reboots, it, it really drives me away from it a lot of the times Mm -hmm. it becomes really exhausting to invest emotion and effort into making your way through a series only to have it unceremoniously destroyed just to get a hard reboot or a hard reset for whatever corporate reason they're trying Mm -hmm. to, to to justify it for right and there's that's not to say that there's not been good stuff that have come that's come out of that. I mean, the new 52 alone gave us Alan Moore Batman, which is really good. So, yeah, but it really drove me away from collecting and reading and keeping up with it because I got tired of having to reset myself every few years. Right. Yeah. And so to see that this has got just such an unbelievable amount of content, is um less daunting now having seen it because i know that it's consistent right yeah i know mm-hmm. that it is it's one piece right it's it's not batman number one from 2011 it's not you know what i mean it's not you mm-hmm. know uh flashpoint you know what i mean it's not this weird reset for some strange yeah. reason. I mean, this is Oda making one piece. Yeah. It's not even to your point. This is a really good place to start. It's not, Hey, this is a Batman spinoff comic. That's not Canon and come read right. this one because we're allowed to be like super adult in this one. I can't remember the name of the, the series, but um, that this is the one that was popular. Like, three years ago because uh it was the first time I, I shit you not it was the first time bruce wayne's penis was in the comic book it was like <laughs> oh batman dark or some shit like that metal was it metal heavy no, metal or it wasn't metal i'll i'll look it up after we move <laughs> on to a new topic but like it's just that right like this is a totally non-canon maybe four issue <laughs> series it's like well do i read it or not and hear me hear me out scott mm-hmm that penis oh well sold my man let me get the limited <laughs> let me let me get the the limited edition comic right so that i mean that's another thing man the the comic book collecting culture right yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah what is this damn batman damned damned number one yeah anyway. is it spell is it spelled weird is it like d-a no m-d just the word damned but Ugh. i digress bat penises aside uh yeah. so that that's one of the benefits of reading manga too and we talked about this a little bit and your understanding of it approached it from kind of a different angle than mine but this is I've, I've never really thought about it this way where i appreciate even when manga peter out right when like they become less interesting it's just that work 
Mm, right. Right. I mm-hmm. don't have to relearn things. It's just this is what it is. Right. It might never finish, yeah. which right. is extremely depressing in a lot of cases, not just Berserk, but Vagabond we will never see the end of Vagabond. We'll never see the end of Hunter Hunter, all these series. Right. Depressing when it ends. But hey, it's not getting rebooted next year by some guy I've never heard of that's going to mangle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not getting a reissue and they're changing a bunch of stuff. It's not right. having a one of one of the nails in the coffin for American comics for me. I've told you about this. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. When yep. they killed off Peter to bring in Miles Morales, I still kind of have a little grudge against Miles, even though I don't have a problem with him as a character. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just the right. way that they just killed that comic series. I was Let like, me tell you, it's it's the utter contempt that I have for Bran Stark. Yeah. Right. Right. It's the same energy. Who, who has a better story? But it's it's just, like if if they had started the series as Miles Morales, I wouldn't have cared. But it's like, yeah, I've been giving you my money week after week month after month to follow this story and you're just like hey it's over right buy our next buy buy our next comic thank you right and i don't know how i mean does the does manga does it often change creators makers authors never that's i i didn't think so almost never is what i should say it's it's rare yes to your point right it's not Mm -hmm. it's not like you know oh oh jeff johns has taken over green lantern again you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's not it's not to that level right yeah which i which you know there's just an 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 inherent like uh comfort to that you know what i mean for the for the reason you were saying yeah every manga you can basically think of it as alan moore's watchman Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Uh, all these things I'm saying have now been bastardized by DC, but you get my point. Like <laughs> yeah, it's right. it's this artist, this work, right? Sandman right, exactly. is a Neil Gaiman thing, and this is Sandman. It has this number, and then when it's done, it's done. All right. Yeah. That, that type exactly. of thing. So right. Yep. But yeah, that 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 kind of goes into it, right? Like part of the thing of being so long running, but also just being totally under Oda's creative control, right? I'm sure he has like I know he has editors and he he yeah. like controls the story. And I'm sure he has people that say like, eh, maybe don't do this or maybe whatever. But his story structures, right? He can just bring something back hundreds of pages later, multiple real world years later and have it make coherent sense because he's not picking up the ashes of someone else's comic run. It's been his plan from the start. When he brings back Kobe, the cabin boy who you haven't met, but Kobe, the cabin boy, this shit ass whiny little kid from (laughs) one and a half arcs at the very beginning of the manga. And he brings him back 40 volumes of comics later. Right. Right. And he's had this massive glow up and he's this super badass ass kicking dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like, hey, I've been thinking about this this whole time. Me, the creator. You know what I mean? So I I saw a meme the other day that was related to D&D, but Mm -hmm. it really it really captures this spirit a lot for me where um, like like what, what, what you were just saying about like the way that he thinks about this kind of stuff. Uh, where the meme was detailing uh, a, a group of players being excited about a DM bringing back 
characters from previous campaigns. Yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, my players and it showed a bunch of people like, oh, this is great. And it said, really excited about bringing back characters from from former campaigns. And it said me, the DM who accidentally named a guard Jarek for the third time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But here, here in yeah. One Piece, right? We have that actually happening. Well, it's because it, it's you have to wonder, too, with the way he talks about things in the SBS. Right. Like your, yeah, your, right. your poop joke thing. Right. Like, yeah, there's clearly some method to the madness. But you have to wonder if he like did he just get a letter from some kid one day that's like, hey, whatever happened to Kobe? Right. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I could probably do something with that. You know what I mean? I could bring yeah. him back. So. Right. But yeah, that's that's kind of the magic of this series and its goofiness. But yeah, I, that's that's a really good angle. I, I've never really thought about that. That's probably a lot of the reason that I read so much manga now as opposed to American comic books, because like you said, this gets it just gets exhausting. Like, yeah. OK, now this I want to read. I specifically want to read. I don't know. Let's just say Kid Nova, right? The new Nova. Well, yeah. Now. He's in this specific team. I think it's the Immortals or something like that. So you have to read Immortals. Right. And then when that ends, who knows what comic he'll be in. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that has its place, right? But yeah. I think that, at least from my experience, going through that over de- literal decades is it, exhausting is the word, right? Yeah. And so um, this, this was my first big hook for One Piece. Yeah. Was that, like... I knew that it was a complete experience from the get. Yeah. And so that in and of itself made the whole task of the prospect of reading it seem less daunting yeah. than it seemed at first. Right. So, I mean, it it's daunting no matter what it's a thousand chapters, but yeah. the, good, the good thing too, is that I, I think that Oda has done a really good job of breaking up the story into little structures that are themselves digestible. I took several breaks while I was reading because I would just read like a volume a night and it started to rot my brain. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, I need, I need to stop looking at one piece. It's starting to give me mental trauma. Right. Yeah, so, right. Um, the story arc we were following this time, we're just going to glaze over it. Cause if you care, yeah. you should go read it. Uh, the team who is, we're going to get into this because I want to talk about character design. It's one of my favorite parts of One Piece. But Luffy, the captain. Zoro or Zolo, the swordsman. Nami, the navigator. Usopp, the marksman and slash temporary ship repairman. Sanji, the cook. Chopper, the doctor. Nico Robin, the archaeologist and all-around mysterious lady. Uh, they are heading to Water 7 to get their ship fixed and probably get a shipwright, a shipbuilder, a carpenter to take with them on their crew. And they come off of this fight with this admiral that like puts the fear of God into Nico Robin. Like, oh man, like there's a lot of big fish out there and they don't Al like Kiji. me very much. Alkiji. Alkiji is well, t- he's the man. We'll talk about him in character design because there's he gets some cool character development later that uh, if you stick around long oh, enough, you will see. Yeah. OK, cool. <laughs> he, he vanishes. I, I, I mean, I, I liked I liked I liked what we saw in Nico's past. Yeah. Nico Robin's past. He he vanishes for a long time. Then he shows up for one very important arc. But then he when after the time skip, he had a really interesting development. Anyway, so. Interesting. Um, 
yeah, so they're they're looking for a shipwright. They get into some trouble in Water 7. Um, they find out that the ship can't be repaired. This really hurts Usopp because it's like the last memory of his hometown. It's really important to him, and he's been taking care of it. He feels ostracized because he's been being beaten up constantly, and he's not as strong as everybody else. He's having basically a massive identity crisis, and it culminates in this fight between him and Luffy. So the first part of the story is like, before any idea of the whole thing with Nico Robin and like going off to Annie's lobby, it's like, oh man, the crew is splitting up, man. Like what, what the heck? I thought we were friends for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have that, you have the other plot of, well, what are we going to do without the ship? And all these guys stole our money. And oh, there's this weird, creepy guy talking to Nico Robin saying, come meet me at midnight or whatever. You know what I mean? So they, they have all these kind of things coming together to build tension and the water seven arc explodes in this bombshell of Usopp is still off the crew. Nico Robin has joined these whack job secret agents that have been mass murdering people. <laughs> you know what I mean? CP9. Yeah, CP9, Cypher Pole. And they run off with Nico Robin who says, hey, don't come after me. See ya. Thanks for the fun. You know what I mean? That's right. And we go to Eni's lobby. The crew says, screw that we're we're nakama we're friends for life uh we're gonna get you back they go and they have this bombastic assault on the navy fortress that's never been done before it's insane <laughs> they have these yeah. awesome fights and they beat everybody the cards up. are stacked we get we get nico robin's tearjerker backstory uh she didn't really have any character development to that point so this is her big moment this is her spirit spiritually joining the crew right and Basically, it's just a, a bunch of fights and they get their buddy back and they sail off into the distance with a new ship. Usopp rejoins the crew, having regained his confidence. Right. He was he was a big damn hero. It was really heartwarming. Right. And they uh -huh. get their new crewmate, Frankie, and they're off to adventures. This is really tight package. But along the way, right, there's it, you're on the razor's edge till like the last minute. Nico Robin is never safe the whole time and he keeps cutting to it to make sure you know, hey, there's that sick fight. Nico Robin is literally holding onto the bridge with her teeth so they cannot yeah. drag her. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he's always building tension and coming up with new problems. So I, I just I really like that about One Piece. Like I'm not sure how much you got of it because I did just drop you into the story and we were like kind of hop skip jumping all over the place. But I think that's one of the strengths of this comic is, again, like you talk about a thousand chapters. That's a lot to think about. But as long as you approach it a little bit at a time, you're like, it'll just keep dragging you. I was reading this real quick. I was reading this and I was like, OK, I'm going to read like uh, 10 chapters before bed. And then it's like, well, shit, right. They introduced this new problem. I cannot fall asleep not knowing where this is going. So, yeah. And we. We call back to this frequently, but the I think just when when the concept is right, the characters are tight. You can drop in at certain points, right, and mm -hmm. get what what the creator is trying to do, right? Get conceptually what makes sense about it, why it all works together, right? This to me felt really a, like a lot like the like the Goonies. I got yeah. a lot of the got a lot of the stuff out of it that I like. Uh, for like the Goonies for and stuff like um, Lost Boys, right? Um, and I think it is the I think it is the 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 through line of the concept of 
Nakama, right? The, yeah. the, it, this is us, right? We're the crew. You know what I mean? It's this us against the world thing. And and I really like starting at, at Water 7 immediately showed me how Oda handles conflict within the crew, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is something that um, when you have a, a cast of characters so diverse and so unique as uh, the characters in One Piece are, um, conflict can often become the thing that sinks the uh, what what makes them good. What what the what the chemistry is, right? Yeah, poorly done conflict can is is really often not recoverable, right? And in my opinion, it, like if 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 you watch the Expanse, in my opinion. They're very guilty of that right now. Conflict happens between characters. And I, and I know I'm not re- referring to the book. I mean, the show. Yeah. The conflict happens between characters that never gets appropriately resolved in a lot of cases. And so when it's time for them to come together and put their arms around each other when the day has been won, it it doesn't feel the same way as something like this feels whenever they get Nico Robin back. Right. Yeah. Because it's it's they're Nakama, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and like, no matter what that is, that is the through line. That's the concept. Yeah. And the best part about this fight too, is like it, they fight because of who they are. Like it's Usopp ultimately is starting the fight, but he has valid reasons, right? It's like he, he's having, like we've talked about before, like this imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Like he's like, I cannot keep up with you guys. Why am I here? His goal, his reason for sailing, everybody on the crew has one is to become a quote, like a brave warrior of the sea. And he feels tiny. He feels like he's always getting beaten up. His the thing that he was clinging to. Right. Well, at least I can keep the ship repaired. Well, we're going to have to scuttle the ship. He's like, well, I don't have a reason to be here. And he's got this frustration that just explodes. But when it explodes, right, the crew reacts like as the crew. It's not just, okay. we're going to have the stare down. Nami's Nami's crying because she's traumatized, right? She's this is her only family. Uh, Zolo is like he's Luffy's not. I don't know how to describe this. He's he has to push Luffy in the right direction because Luffy loves Usopp and he doesn't want to kick him out. But Zolo's like, you can't you can't let subordination insubordination stand. And you got Sanji that Sanji acts like a goofball, but he's like the big dad, right? He's like the he's ultimately kind of the emotionally mature one. It's like he's like, Luffy, don't finish that sentence, man. You're going to say something you're going to regret, right? It's right. It's this really organic conflict. And like you said, they come together. Okay, well, Nico Robin said, don't come at Robin. Don't come after me. I don't want to be saved. Everybody's like, that's that's ridiculous, right? We're we're coming to get you to sit tight. We're best friends. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter that you've never told us anything about yourself. Doesn't matter that you're like some crazy assassin lady that can read the poneglyphs and is one of the crew. Yeah, that was wanted for millions of dollars by the government since you were eight years old. (laughs) you're part of the crew you're family (laughs) right right yeah they um i really like the way that they handle that and especially especially too whenever uh they actually do start fighting Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about everything that we well most of the stuff that we've consumed so far has been this concept of i'm gonna whoop your fucking ass yeah you know what i mean yeah it's not it's not this like it's not this like knockdown drag out uh, like war of war of words where they just like insult each other and make fun of each other because they're boys. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not this like 
it's not this like like epic standoff like you would see Captain America and Iron Man do, right? It's mm-hmm. just this like we're taking it out back and I'm going to fucking kill you, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, like it's it's the, great. The, there is definitely that in yeah. some manga. I'm sure. But, the, but yeah. the through line with Yakuza and One Piece in particular is like like I, I was describing Kiryu in our review or uh, recap, right? Is like he's mm-hmm. the shonen protagonist. He shows yeah. up and he tells you his morals and then he beats your ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't stand you because you're all about money. And I decide yeah. things based on whether I love it or I hate it. And I hate you. I would rather die than work with you. You know what I mean? And then he goes outside and he's like, I'm, I'm going to walk right into these bullets and just win. But there's nobody out there. <laughs> Luffy's the same way. He shows up like he's he's literally on the precipice it'd be like invading the pentagon or some type of crazy shit right like yeah this man just walked right up and he's like hey are you ready to go home now you know what i mean it's just like he 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 doesn't have this big speech robin you're a part of the crew because whatever he's like i he tells her i need to hear it from you do you want to live we're here for you right he says shoot down the flag blah 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 it's just that it's just letting the emotion sit when Luffy goes to fight Rob Lucci, he's like, I can't let you pass because you're going to hurt my friends. That's as simple as that. And then they just duke it out. It's not you're an evil bastard and you're a two timer. And I hate I hate people that lie and whatever. Right. It's none of that. Yeah. I don't think you need to complicate the motivations of these characters too much because they are in and of themselves so outwardly rich in right. what they are strong in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, you you can you you look at the way that they carry themselves in situations like this and you don't have to have this like overly complex dialogue where uh you're trying to have like i'm trying to think of a good example of it like dark souls like dialogue you know what i mean that's just like overly complex and metaphorical and tries to make this sort of like big statement and i i feel like too often right um a lot of your modern DC especially is guilty of that mm-hmm. big time. You know what I mean? Is trying to be overly complex so that they can appeal to all ages. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, you don't have to, you don't have to go to those great lengths to make something good. As long as the concept uh, in and of itself is good. And those are, that. that's what these characters are for me. Yeah. Each individually are just so good. And there's such good representations of what of what their concepts are. Um, it's hard not to love all of them. I have a hard time picking like who my favorite is. Really. That's that's the best part of reading this is that they just they never stop being the best. That's the the reason you read one piece is to see what happens to the, the straw hat crew. And yeah, let's let's talk about characters. The number one most important part of one piece. And let's yes. talk about character designs. So starting with the straw hats. I'm going to tell you who my favorite is. We'll talk about all the straw hats, but Usopp is based. Usopp is incredibly based. I I know that this is actually like somewhat of a popular opinion because the thing that is so cool about Usopp, you've got at, at the time uh, that we're reading, you have I've shown you his glow up. I've shown yeah. you what he looks like in the second half. Yeah. Usopp has, at least for my dollar, the most visible character development across the cast. He starts off as this total absolute wimp coward, right? 
He does fight even from his introduction where he's introduced as the boy who cried wolf and he doesn't know how to fight and he needs the straw hats to help him defend his hometown. He still stands up for what he believes in. He's still brave when it counts, but he's like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to do whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Scaredy cat. His goal is to become the brave warrior of the sea. And you watch this normal dude. This dude has a nose that looks like it looks like Pinocchio. It's his <laughs> yeah. nose has to be four inches long, right? Yes. Uh, he's he's got the Pinocchio nose. He's scrawny like Luffy is lanky. But when you rip off his shirt or whatever in the Shonen fight, he's ripped and he's also got devil fruit powers. So it's not the same yeah. thing. Zoro right. Zoro is ripped. Frankie is a huge cyborg man. Chopper can turn into a literal demon looking thing. Usopp's just this lanky ass dude, right? Right. And he has this character development of like, despite all that, I'm going to show up for my buddies. And this is the moment of the manga where I went from, God, I hate Usopp to this is the most based character I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Right. He's, uh, I'm looking I'm looking at my favorite panel right now. My mm-hmm. favorite page. I pulled it up specifically for when we got to Usopp because uh, um. Volume volume thirty nine, uh, page page one sixty nine. I'll sh- I'll uh, I'll pull it up for you real mm-hmm. quick while we're. This to me is everything good about One Piece and why why it is what it is. This panel, <laughs> yes, okay. So hold on, so, quick, hold on. Let me give let me give some quick background on Usopp before yeah. you introduce this because I agree this is great. So what you need to know about Usopp if you haven't been following along is Usopp. He's the ship's marksman. He's got his big nose that's unmistakable Pinocchio nose. Total coward. At this point, he's been kicked off the crew. Right? He's he's alone in, in the ocean. He's he is ultimately the the straight the straightest man. He is a goofball and he gets along with the idiots of the crew, but he's like, I recognize the reality of the situation and I don't want to die. And he shows up bring us in chris this i agree this is great all right so uh this is after him and luffy fight so he's all bandaged up underneath yeah. <laughs> underneath of this get up right his his nose his long his eight inch nose is bandaged from base to tip and around the flat the frat the flat front he's got this this mask on that you have to see to believe but um he's under this mask and this cloak is bandaged he's all mummied up you can clearly tell that it's Usopp. He's unmistakably Usopp. And it just, he introduces himself and it's Luffy and it's Chopper going, Sniper King from Sniper Island? Yeah. And he's going, that's correct. I am a friend of Mr. Usopp's. He asked me to lend you a hand in these circumstances, so here I am. And so, like, Luffy and Chopper are freaking out because idiots, right? Yeah. And the best part is this... <laughs> This third panel of the rest of the crew, like Zolo's like, well, if it is a new swap, I'm glad he's OK. It's the long nose guy who got <laughs> yeah. long nose guy who got into the Frankie house. It's the long nose guy who got captured with Frankie. And then there's just Luffy going, no, 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 no. Nice to meet you. And Usopp focused solely on Luffy going and you, sir. It is just it's everything that's good about this yeah. manga. It's, I love this. I love this page so much. Because on the on the deepest level, the like too smart for you level, right? It's like he sh- he didn't. Usopp is showing up because his friends are in trouble and there's no way he's not going to help. 
He shows up as Sniper King because he was in a fight with Luffy and he has this totally idiotic idea of, well, I'll just disguise myself. But also he's putting on a persona because Usopp isn't needed at this point in his mind, right? Usopp's too weak. Sniper King from Sniper Island with his own theme song. (laughs) Now that would come in handy, right? How do we but know he's you, a hero? Yeah, but then you have the two morons that are like, oh, my God, it's so obviously <laughs> Usopp. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a real superhero. Right. It's yeah, I agree. This is this is one piece summed up in a nutshell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's it's great. This is this was my favorite. This is my favorite. My favorite part of our entire watch. Uh, well, read list and, and, and read party. And um, I could. I just I laugh every time I see it. I laugh every time I look at it because it is it's it's just the comedic timing of everything is yeah. just excellent. It's truly excellent. Um, yes, good. But yeah, just Usopp is Usopp is just great, right? Like in in what we read, he definitely shines. Yeah, he has so many big damn hero moments too. Like the type of guy that's like I'm too scared to fight anybody. Luffy tells him to shoot the flag declaring war on the world government basically declare like again it's, i'm just gonna use the analog that'd be like if you and five of your friends rolled up to the u.s government and was like we're declaring war on you you know what i mean that's right right and he doesn't hesitate a second right right hell yeah i'll shoot that flag right for my <laughs> nakama he's got the he's got the big damn hero moment where he takes out um i can't remember his name uh it's not uh spandam the guy that has kidnapped Robin, he's like about to cross the threshold and Robin's yeah. never going to be seen again. And he snipes him from this like inhuman distance. We have all these mooks with guns. Usopp yeah. uses a Usopp fights with a uh, uh, slingshot slingshot. Right. So they're like these mooks with guns are like, there's no way he could have sniped from that distance. Right. So he's got <laughs> he's got that big damn hero movement. And then he's Sniper the guy King. he's the guy that first hears the going Mary jump off right i'll catch you he hears the ship the spirit of the ship he's got that great bond right with yeah. the, the last member of the straw hat crew so yeah it's, usopp is based anybody who doesn't like usopp miss me don't ask yeah. <laughs> yeah he's he's great um and, and on, honestly the entire cast of characters right there's not a bad one among them um at least not from what i've seen um no. you know we said this a million times going over it but fighting game when yes. right these characters are so internally like just cool, yeah. you know, like the, the overall concept of the manga and of the world gives way to these small iterations on its basic concept that he just seems to take and just stretch further than they have any right to be stretched just in the whole package of how he presents the character, their powers, how they look, their name. You know, we yeah. referenced Aokiji before, you know. Yeah. He's, so, he's one that stands out for me. Yeah, there's there's so many examples of this where he Oda just has his own internal logic and he just follows it very consistently. So Aokiji is a great example. And I'll talk about Luffy, too, where Aokiji is a man made of ice and what as what you would, might expect of someone who is made of ice He's very cold tempered, right? He's his motto is lazy justice. They find him yeah. sleeping, standing up and he's uh, he can like freeze the ice, but not freeze the ice. He can freeze the ocean. That's how powerful he is. Right. But 
there's an internal logic to the way he is working, right? Where, of course, he doesn't just impale people, right? He turns his entire body into ice and envelops people to freeze them so that he can just, like, take control of them. And then you have a great example with Luffy, even in this arc of Luffy is a rubber man. He is a man made of rubber. That means he can, in the logic of this world, he can pump his legs up and down like a bike pump, which increases his blood pressure, making his blood flow super fast, which superheats his body and super oxygenates his muscles, making him super strong and super fast. Does that make any fucking sense at all? No, but he's a rubber man. Just go with it. Like yeah. it, it shows him pumping his legs like air brakes or he can bite his skin to make a hole and inflate it with a ton of air to make it super huge, which just makes it like un, like he bites his thumb in the manga yeah. and inflates his arm. And it becomes such a powerful punch that he can like destroy this stone tower with it. Right. <laughs> Again, does it make any sense? No, but it follows an internal logic. Right. It's trying to wrap everything in this rubber man kind of aesthetic and like you said fighting game one yeah every every character that gets into conflict is like that even the bad guys from this one we have weirdo stalker weeaboo man that fights with his hair because he has big hair because he looks like a kabuki actor we have Kali Fukuro. Fu- yeah, Fukuro. No, uh, Fukuro's fat man, I think. I can't remember what the Yeah, name. I loved him with the zippers. Yeah, zipper mouth. And then we have um uh Khalifa, the former secretary of Iceberg, right? That her her power is the like the bubble bubble fruit or something like that. I remember Nami guesses yeah. it and it's super comical, but her whole thing is about soap and she can scrub things clean. In fact, she can scrub clean your powers from your body or she can scrub you so clean she can remove like she can remove your pores or something like that and you turn into like this super shiny like almost like like, rubber balloon yeah rubber balloon looking thing yeah and it's uh it's just like non-stop just stupid creativity and fun i i think i mentioned it last time sanji that someone wrote in oda why can sanji light his leg on fire and not burn because his heart burns hotter shut up you know what i mean (laughs) like it's just exactly Of, of course the cook has fire powers why would the cook not have fire powers you know what i mean that's right so. Well, because because everything doesn't have to be that nothing. It, it doesn't have to have this like really long baked in lore to make sense. Right. It's not it's not that things need deep, overly complex context. Mm-hmm. You just have to remain internally consistent. Yeah. And, you know, I have I haven't read all this, but, you know, ha- has there ever been a point for you where that has been called into question where he's kind of gone back on that to suit a specific narrative? There's only ever one time, and I don't even think it's that bad, where Oda realizes roughly halfway through this series that, man, if you don't have a devil fruit, you're kind of like boned. Huh? Right. Uh-huh. And he recontextualizes Things that had happened earlier, including like, for example, Sanji's fire leg as well. There's this power called hockey and H.A.K.I. And the thing with hockey is that like it's based on your your will to live and you can do things like see a couple seconds into the future or you can like make your body 
super unbelievably hard, right? Yeah, and right. like those types of things, and they're not devil fruit adjacent. It's like key powers or whatever. Sure, right? Yeah, but it's not. It's not egregious. It's not like, oh, everybody in the world suddenly got a new power they've never heard of before. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. just. Or, or, you know, like, you know, like having a character that, you know, he feels the need to ex- to explain in detail how the devil fruit works. You know yeah. what I mean? That, oh, and that's that, the, that's the thing for me. You know, that's that's part of why I think it can get away with how fast and loose it plays, because, first of yeah. all, a lot of the inconsistencies are acknowledged and played up for comedic effect. There are people right. that are reacting in universe like you make no sense at all. You know what I mean? Like, why? <laughs> why is your power so stupid? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, right. Then, like, like you said, he never explained the devil fruit. We are a thousand chapters in and we only just recently in the last couple of years figured out how they repopulate. Like, oh, f- over 15 years into this yeah. comic book, we finally learned a thing about a yeah. core universe thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. It's one of those great uh, line treading exercises of like tell me enough to care but not enough to ruin it yeah keep keep the mystique well right and and you know you don't want to start digging into that too much i don't think with something like this because that's when you can you know that's when you can lose a lot of what makes that aspect of it good because when you start trying to explain it too much and especially at this point you're never going to explain it well enough it's never going to be good enough to be better than just this is just how it is. And these are the things we can have because of it. Right. Yeah. Well, like you get this is the best part about this series, too. I keep saying best part. It's all good. There is a power in a later arc that a, a I don't want to call it minor villain, but like one of the sub villains has where she can turn people into toys. When you get turned into a toy. Everybody else in the world collectively forget you exist. Oh, Jesus. Yes. (laughs) So, again, there are some major scale implications to a power like that, right? It's almost like it's almost like writing time travel into a story where what you're implying is very big in scale and you've probably not thought it out that much. But with the series, right, it's like they don't they haven't explained anything to this point. And it's all just like, let's just get to the point of it. Right. Luffy is a rubber man. He can blow air into his arms. Shut up. Right. Same thing there. They can they can just come up with things that are really cool and not have to worry about explaining them. The uh, Trafalgar law uh, has the operating room fruit where he can make an operating room that is a dome of space that he controls and he can like rearrange <laughs> body parts and shit inside the operating room. How does that work? Shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like who cares? Right. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. It's cool. Shut up. So, right. Yeah. I, I mean, we could go on about the characters all day, but the, I think the other component to the characters besides their cool factor too is, we touched upon this a little bit with the story structure, but uh, what what I call like manly tears, right? I am not ashamed to say that this comic book has made me cry several times, uh, oh. like uh, ugly cry several times. And it's because you care so much about these characters, right? The, the high point of this series, in my opinion, I've told you this uh, offline is 
Nico Robin right after that backstory, right? Finally admitting that she she loves the pirate. She loves the straw hats and she wants to go with them, right? And she wants to live, <laughs> yeah, which she, is like the craziest part, right? Because yeah. that for me is like, a, it's a heavier theme. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's this heavier theme because you find out in her backstory, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, all this awful stuff about how she's like you alluded to earlier, you know, she's been wanted for millions of dollars since she was eight years old and people have been trying to capture her slash take her life for however long. And it's this thing of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a character trope of you know uh, i don't have a will to live because i don't have a reason yeah you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah but it hits a lot harder because of the way that he introduces the backstory and when he does it yeah because it's it's the he knows when to tug at your heartstrings Uh, wrapping back very quickly to story structure another thing that he very commonly does is that he will write his villains skypea is a great example of this the arc right before this where they'll get introduced and they'll immediately do something very evil, right? So it's like, okay, this is the bad guy. But he builds up this climax by just constantly having them do heinous shit and getting mm. away with it, right? Yeah. So that when Luffy finally punches the guy, you're like, yes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck yes, kill this dude, right? Yeah, right. There's a bit of an inversion here because like Spandam and uh, the cypher pole guys are bad but you don't understand how bad until robin tells her story right yeah like right. okay yeah sure they're gonna call a buster call whatever right like i don't know why i really care they kidnapped robin that pretty that sucks pretty bad also they did some bad shit but they're not like mass murdering tyrants like eneru was in the last arc but then right. robin tells that story and she hasn't told her story yet which is like the pirate crew trope up to that point you join yeah. the crew you join the crew as part of your sob backstory and we love you and you're a friend robin's just been kind of cruising but you don't understand i did all this for you guys right my let my last act be that you guys were really nice to me and i don't want you to die and these people are crazy they're gonna do a buster call when they did a buster call they wiped out my home island they killed like thousands of people or whatever right right yeah and when she's done telling that story and she's like i want to live at least for me reading it like my dislike of the cypher bolt guys was immediately like hatred like how dare you do that to robin right like yeah it's yeah he i i the the series is rife with that kind of stuff where again it's not like noble laureate writing they're not like re- reinventing the wheel it's very simple it's just cause and effect I'm going to show the person doing bad things so you like them less, right? It's very simple, but he just, he has this really masterful approach to his structure where he never lets it get so egregious that you can like just tell what it is. I can tell what it is. I can tell you're having them do mean shit so that I don't like them, but it's not like, it's never a get on with it. It's always a, they're on that razor edge of they're almost to the villain, but not enough to stop this tragedy right right it's right. it's it keeps you invested nico robbins holding on by her literal teeth to not be taken away get there in time you know what i mean that type of thing yeah yeah exactly and i think it's just it's it's an indication of how well it's structured how how uh well placed the beats are 
right? Yeah. Because like, mm-hmm. that's the other thing too, is I, I don't want to try to put, you know, I guess the, the appropriate term would be words in his mouth, but, um, you know, I have no idea how, what his creative process is, like what, what it's like for this, but, you know, I would have to assume that even if he didn't have it planned out the way that what we read was planned out and he was just kind of riffing as he went, things are placed very, very, uh, expertly. And yeah. that, like you said, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a page turner. I mean, we're talking, we're good. We're going through this moment of them individually fighting the CP nine agents. Right. And it's mm-hmm. right, right. As we get to the climax of the battle, Oh, Frankie's going to, Frankie's going to punch a hole through this motherfucker up. Oh, we cut to chopper yeah. and Oh, chopper's fighting now. And Oh, chopper is in his huge fuck you demon form. This is going to be sick. Cut to Zolo and Sanji. Yeah. Right. So like, or Usopp rather. Yeah. So, which again, another highlight for me is Zolo using Usopp as the sword because they're handcuffed together. Yeah. <laughs> the, how great is the comedy in this? It's never anything like, Again, it's never anything groundbreaking, but it's just like it's it never ends. The, the, even in the like direst moment, there's that comedy. Uh, oh, man, uh, there uh, where we are in this death fight with uh, a wolf man and a, a man who has literally become a giraffe. And he claims that he fights with four sword styles because now his legs are swords. So he has two swords to Zolo's three, but it's actually four because of his legs. Like, oh, no, we have this big problem. We're handcuffed together. Usopp and well, Sniper King and Zolo. And now I can't fight with both my hands. Usopp, you have to become my sword. <laughs> I'm going to hold you up and you're going to hold my sword. Right. Yes. Like it's it's nonstop comedy and the levity really helps in a lot of these situations too but i think more importantly comedy serves a huge purpose in this manga because it like it excuses inconsistencies it um it creates levity in tense situations it uh bridges the gap between moments but also importantly it's like character building or it's like zolo is this no nonsense like warrior right yeah his goal is to become the strongest swordsman on earth he's covered in scars he's not the guy that's joking around with the crew but anytime anyone does something stupid he gets the anime reaction face and he's like he's like angry he's like just like shut up you know what i mean like he 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 (laughs) joins in on the comedy as a straight man he says to usopp dead ass you have to become my sword and you get the panel where he's just kind of holding him like a sword. Right. It's, it's, Oh, I, I love you, that. Yeah. They also moments like that, uh, in, increase the, the, uh, relationship between them for me as well, yeah. because mm-hmm. when you have these, when you have those moments of, um, like Luffy and like, I'll call back to Luffy, Luffy and Usopp's fight. Right. Or like whenever, whenever you would, uh, you know, inevitably, I'll, I'm sure I'll come across some tension between Zolo and Usopp, right? So like, you remember these moments of, you know, they they go back to each other, they trust each other, not because just it's this trope of the show and it's the point, or the trope of the story and it's the point of the manga, but because they've had these experiences together where it's life or death, be my sword, and he's like, we're doing it, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. You can you can tell exactly from the way they interact that there's like a deep trust there. It's yeah, it's also it's Sanji being able to say there's something only you can do. 
and Usopp knows exactly what to do, right? It's it's Usopp standing behind Zolo comically, like, okay, you take care of these two, right? And yep. Zolo like retorting, like, of course you would stand behind me, but just accepting it, right? This is my job. I know that you're not uh, a fighter. That's not a problem, right? You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like go no, get out in front. You know what I mean? Be a man. It's just right. sure, right? Yep, exactly. And you know, all of this is really supplemented by these incredible spreads. Oh my of god! Just you know, like yeah. these just unbelievably epic. I, and I hate, I hate, to, <laughs> I hate to use that word. Because I feel like it's just become this thing of like, oh, it's an epic manga moment, bro. Yeah. You know, right? Well, it makes you feel like Spider-Man. Yeah, it does. It, it, well, I, you know, I really feel like Usopp in a lot of these moments here. Yeah. And then I'm a giant pussy, but I've got a heart of gold. And it's like, you know, it's not enough to just have um, the individual combat scenes within the panels, right? I love, and this is, I know this is probably something that's more of a manga thing than more of a one piece thing, but as my first real huge exposure to the two, to like the, the two page panels, those big mm-hmm. spread pieces, a lot of the times that, that he shows, they're really spectacular. Oh yeah. I mean, again, it's going to vary on the manga and the author and all that kind of stuff, but two page spreads are traditionally just like they would in like an, an American comic. That's the like money shot moment. And this series, like everything from tense action and combat, half of the fights we saw, their finisher was a two page spread or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Or, yeah. or like a big moment. But even just like um, so Luffy declaring war on the government, right? Shooting the flag that gets its own two page spread where Luffy's like he's like flexing his arms. And he's right. shouting and he's shouting so powerfully like they show him in profile that like the air is like flickering around him. Right. And he's like, yeah. bring it on. I'm, I'm not doing it. He accentuates all of these moments and the reaction phases too. Like um, we talked about this either offline or in the show. I can't remember, but I had a profile picture for a while that was an Usopp reaction yeah. phase from later yeah, in the yeah, comic. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything from like the dramatic reaction phases to the, co- the comedic ones. Like he's a great visual storyteller with his his faces right like yeah. the way that they look and when they're talking to each other or fighting or everything tells such a story um when usopp gets beat up right uh yeah. and they go to the frankie house and they don't say a word but yeah <laughs> usopp's <laughs> nose is busted but they go to the frankie house and they don't say a word but U- Luffy, who's usually got this like shit eating grin because he's a monkey, right? Like he's he's like he's got this death glare, right? That's like not in character for him at all. Sanji, you don't see his face, but he's lighting a cigarette. Uh, And Zolo has pulled down his bandana to cast a shadow over his eyes, right? Like, yeah, that zoom in moment of you don't need them to say, let's go beat them up. You know exactly what's about to happen, right? They're they're fucking furious. Yep, because they don't yeah. they don't usually look that way. So. And and with the comedic ones too, they have you immediately uh you immediately know the emotion that 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 he's going for because I I think about I call back to I really like the way he depicts angry faces in the comedic way. Yeah, and especially with Sanji with like the demon face with the sharp teeth. Right. Yeah, it's this thing of 
he looks like he's going to bite somebody's head off. Right. Yeah, so right. like it's, it's that too, where it's even some small things in those reaction faces become like really contextualized just because you know exactly what he's going for. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's the, again, like we, we mentioned it, but the character development thing where it's like diegetically right within the universe they're so not stressed out about it that he has time to joke right like right uh in one he does that to uh to zolo a lot because every time zolo or usopp anytime anyone interacts with a female he's immediately jealous because he's sanji right right and yeah. he, he gets the demon reaction face he's like i wanted to do whatever right <laughs> and yeah like they'll do that in life or death situations because it's it's just Tuesday, it's, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want I want to see the pretty lady. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking One Piece, man. I love this thing. Well, I, yeah, I think it's about that time. So, I have shown you my hand, sir. Uh, I've shown you all my cards. Well, not all <laughs> my cards, but I've shown you the valuable ones, the ones that I'm 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 waiting on the river. Show me the river. Well, Let's let's talk about One Piece specifically because this is the One Piece show. Yeah, I uh, I mean honestly, dude, the only thing that's gonna keep me from diving into it more is the volume of it, and not because yeah. it seems not because it seems as it it seems like huge, but because I'm afraid that I will get distracted. Yeah, but every time I start reading it, I end up reading like six chapters. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? It became uh -huh. one of those things where it's engrossing. I, yeah. I would sit down and I would read it on lunch and I would say, all right, well, I'll read a chapter and then I'll like, I'll play a round of PVP and destiny to work on a daily yeah. or something. Right. And like, you know, like, you know, like my wife would be, would, would be like taking a nap. I'd be like, oh, now's a perfect time. I'll get a quick chapter in. And then yeah. a quick chapter would turn into the rest of the volume. Right. Yeah. So it has a, uh, readability to it that I didn't expect. And I think mm -hmm. it's just because it's a coalescence of a lot of the things that we've talked about. And a lot of the things that I like about it, I'm are very new, like things that I like. Right. Yeah. So it's hitting a lot of those individual things for me. And it's, again, it's just a really easy read. So I'm gonna try. Oh my <laughs> God. I was going to end this by saying, I'm not going to hold you to even try because again, I understand a thousand chapters. I read it right. No one's more aware of how much time I spent on this than me because I had to read yeah. the damn thing, but yeah. I just enjoyed it so much and I don't feel like that time was wasted at all. And I'm constantly waiting for next week's chapter. We're actually in the, the, the super Omega climax of the Wano arc right now. So like oh, this is damn. like, Luffy, one. Luffy is battling one of the biggest bads right oh, now in the series. That's why I keep seeing prediction threads yeah. pop up on Reddit. That's, oh, that's why. That's because, cool. Oh, like, neat. Now is like one of the worst possible times I could have been up to date. Right. Yeah. Like if I right. had if I had waited a few more months to start reading this thing, the the art could have been over and I could have like started on a new one. Now I'm like, fuck! I want to know what happened so bad. <laughs> but yeah. I was anyway, I was going to not hold you to reading it. So I'm glad you're going to give it a shot. Uh, I am, I am going to give it a shot. I, I got to formulate a way to read it because um, it's just, it's just a pure, like, like it's just fun to read. You yeah. know what I mean? It mm -hmm. is just fun to read. 
and it's it's different. It's a different type of fun in that, like, I enjoyed Eva because, like, conceptually, it's just it's mine. You know, it's yeah. like I enjoy Eva for the same reasons I love Dark Souls, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoy One Piece for the same reasons that I love comic books. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. it's gotten me back to that point of. I actually feel like going out and seeking out a comic book to read instead of just reading the um, cliff notes and the bullet points about what happens in certain arcs just because it's enjoyable to read. The art is great. Um, The characters are just familiar. You know, it's a familiar feeling every time you step into it. It's like, even though you like may have read 10 chapters the last time that you read it, it still kind of feels like it's the first page that you ever read before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I say this is only somebody that has like what a net total of six or seven hours reading one piece at this point versus hundreds. Right. Mm -hmm. But still it goes, I think it, it, it goes a long way um, purposefully to cultivating those feelings because I think Oda's very in touch with what keeps people coming back. And I think it is the same thing that keeps him writing. Yeah. It's, it's astounding that he's been able to do it for this long and still maintain not even just the level of quality, but the level of interest. Like you would think that people would just get tired of this shit after a certain point. And you just don't, it just never stops being compelling. And it's, I mean, props to the man. He's insane. But I I cannot wait to see the conclusion of this grand saga. Right. Where he has said that he's going to wrap it up in the next couple of years or so. And oh, really? He's only just now revealing like even more questions. Like we finally oh, see man. what is in control of the world government. But we know nothing about it. Like it's oh. it's like this. It's like uh, it's like the Snoke reveal kind of. Where, okay. you're like, where you're like, where you're like, what the fuck is the implication of this thing? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's that level of thing that he's just revealed, and I, I can't wait for it to be over. But anyway, I'm super glad. Uh, take your time. I say yeah. I will say the same thing to anyone who's starting it. I said the same thing all the way back in Star Trek. It will be there. If you get tired, just take a break. <laughs> Don't go too fast. Just enjoy yeah. it. Right? It's it. It stays good, I promise. It the the, the opening is a bit light, and he, you'll yeah. notice too when you read it that the art style is a little bit different when he starts. Oh, but okay, cool. Basically, from chapter fifty onwards, it's just consistently good, and you don't have to rush it. So, well, yeah. I I'm ready to board the sea train. Yeah, ready to board the sea train to to head off to Romance Dawn to advan- to adventure. That's right. I cannot I cannot explain to you how much I fucking love the sea train. Yeah, <laughs> the there, sea train is great. There's so much world building in this stuff, too. There's so much cool shit to talk about. I think I think your favorite arc, if if we check back in on this in this hypothetical period of time, I think yeah. that the next arc after Water 7 will be your favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. all right. So, all right. Well, yeah. I've got something I, to look forward to then. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, bigger question. Yes. So we were not just talking about One Piece, right? Yeah. My goal with this arc, uh, other than to create content, was to <laughs> lay a groundwork <laughs> with our friendship where I can talk to you about 
anime related topics, right? Not just, I know that you don't have like a problem with it, but not just like, oh, well, like Final Fantasy VII is pretty cool, right? Like mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, I just read this really cool thing or watched this really cool thing that happens to be anime, and I think you would like it. And for you to not just immediately go, anime, pass, right? <laughs> Miss me with that shit. I've shown you how anime finds its way into everyday stuff you're probably already consuming with stuff like Yakuza. Uh, I've shown you kind of the artsy fartsy pinnacle with Perfect Blue. I've shown you one of the most acclaimed TV series of all time with Ava. And I finally showed you my favorite series, One Piece. So I have to ask the ultimate question. Is the Marvel Cinematic Universe anime? (laughs) (laughs) Dread it. Run from it. It comes for us all. (laughs) Anime is inevitable. Yes, it is. Truly. Uh, I, I have such a much deeper understanding of, uh, what I like about anime than Mm -hmm. I did going into this before. Right. It wasn't a total hate, right? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't something where it was like, I was just totally unreceptive to any, any and all anime. I mean, I love dragon ball, right? Yeah. We play dragon ball fighters a shit ton. I've played the Budokai games growing up, game boy advance games, bootlegged PS one games. Right. Right. I've been exposed to it. I've seen Ghibli movies. It's I've been around it. It's just never been something that I'm reaching for when I'm looking for new content or something new to experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I think that I'm absolutely much more receptive to it at this point. And I think that it's speaking to me in, in many different ways and not just from like, do I like the music? Do I like the trappings? Do I like the overall art style and everything like that but it is a different kind of accessible that i never expected it to be Mm -hmm. right i think that i expected getting into this type of content and the barriers that you know i maybe thought up in my head i i kind of always assumed that it would be a little bit harder to convince myself to like it or to throw myself into it because of some of the weird shit that I'd seen out there before. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was thinking that like all of it is going to be like this or that I'm in danger of seeing some stuff like that. It was just that other stuff was always more enticing to me because it was more comfortable because it was familiar. And little did I know that all of these familiar things and all of these comforts that I can find everywhere else existed in a lot of facets of this medium as well yeah right so that i mean i don't blame you too that's why i tried to talk a little bit about some of the subculture stuff because from the outside looking in this is true of any fandom right and yeah let's be honest with ourselves anime is very popular with people that are a little weird that are or in some (laughs) cases extremely fucking weird right Yeah, yeah and the type of stuff that does make its way into the mainstream because it gets the most clicks is so this is a show i shit you not uh, it's called Keijo. It was a very popular 
image macro template for a while uh, or GIF template. Uh, this is a show. I'm not condoning this show. So everybody shut up about <laughs> high school girls. It's a sports uh-huh. anime. It's about high school okay. girls playing in this fictional sport in this world. It's a water sport where you balance. At least I, I fucking hope it's fictional. Please, Japan. Uh, they play a water <laughs> sport where they balance on a float, a ring, like an arena, a, fl- a ringed float in the center of a pool and okay. balance each other with their butts to knock each other off. Mm. Yes. Highly, okay. cu- highly cultured anime, right? This is the type of shit that makes it to the surface because yeah, right. it gets clicks, right? Like, what yeah. the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> yeah, right. But there is so much stuff that is worth consuming for any type of person, right? Like, if you just like gritty, mature action fantasy stuff, right? If you like Game of Thrones, go read Berserk. Berserk is fabulous, yeah. right? Right. Um, if you like, I mean, again, Berserk inspired Dark Souls. If you like just goofy, like kid friendly, go on an adventure. Like there's dark stuff in one piece. There's very dark stuff in one piece. But overall, it's just this really happy go lucky spirit of adventure thing. Right. Go read one piece. Yeah, there's there is so much. There's there's things that are comparable to Breaking Bad. There's so much to discover. And I just wanted to get that across uh, so it sounds like i've done at least that you've succeeded yeah, yeah. definitely i mean Good. i'm 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 looking forward to uh to experiencing a lot more right yeah. like it's i i on i really can't I, I can't wait to start cracking through berserk like that yeah. that just it, it just looks it just so barely sick, didn't dude. make the cut that, that's one of those avongelion level things of oh my god this is like this is made for chris right yeah. but <laughs> it didn't maybe seem it's Good. Maybe its own show, maybe its own special. Yeah, it di- it didn't seem fair to end on that note, right? Everybody's yeah, gonna right. like Berserk, but yeah, it, I'm I'm glad. Uh, this is one of those things too where I think it's it's misunderstood for a lot of reasons. I think that uh, sometimes people's kind of gross aversion to it is justified, like with things like Keijo, sure. but right, it just preclu- it precludes. I think a lot of interesting conversation and like sharing of media that gets missed out on. Like I I would love to talk about one piece with more people or anything like that, but it is what it is. I'm glad you liked it. I mean, we're in the West baby. Yeah. But no, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was great. And I think that, uh, I think that we have, have many more conversations to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, for sure. Speaking of conversations, you can find all of our other conversations at themanyfolds.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and a whole shit ton of other places that aggregate our shows for us. You can find us at socials at The Many Folds on Twitter and Instagram. Come say hi and tell us what your favorite part of the anime show was. If you liked the sultry tones of, oh, sultry is the were a wrong word for perfect blue. Dulcet. Why did I use sultry? Dulcet. Uh, Dulcet's not the right word either. The dark hues of perfect blue is what I was going for. (laughs) I didn't know you were talking about perfect blue. Yes, sultry. It's it's sultry, but for the wrong reasons. (laughs) All right. Well, if you liked the dark, the dark hues of perfect blue or the uh, crazy fucking kaiju shit in Eva, come tell us. We'll uh, we'll tell we'll 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 be sure to uh, we'll be sure to throw you throw you our favorites as well yeah until next time scott extendable rubber penis
<laughs> Bat penis. Bat penis. <laughs> See ya. King of the shit.